and welcome to the Free Like Me podcast by FLM. This podcast aims to help people like you navigate the world of financial planning. We'll be delving into things that we and our clients care about, talking about hot topics, and inviting you to get to know our team a little bit better. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Free Like Me podcast with myself, Ben Smith. It is a new year, uh, the new norm, potentially a new you, um, whatever you want to call it. We are in 2021 and over the next few weeks, we will be going back to some basics, looking at how you can really take control of your finances in the new year and make some really important and simple decisions to put your money first as we progress through the next 12 months. So in terms of today, uh, the title of this podcast is called Back to Basics, and I am really pleased to be joined by two wonderful guests. And to intro the first of those first, uh, Mimi Corden-Lloyd, uh, she is the kind of person that always puts you to shame. Uh, I'm recently committed to running 100 kilometers in a month. She's the kind of person that runs 200 miles in a month. So Mimi, how are you doing in lockdown? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ben. I'm um, I'm in Yorkshire for lockdown, which has been quite interesting. I think the changes that kind of uh, people have had to make to their living situations has been one of a source of great entertainment to me. So living with my parents again at, at the age that I am, I think is not where I thought I would be at this period of my life, but I'm certainly getting used to it. So uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been an interesting time, but certainly one that um, you know I've I've found it quite enjoyable in some aspects, I suppose. Okay, come on then, make all the listeners feel bad. What's the what's the fitness target for 2021? <laughs> well, uh, funnily, you should say that um, we've actually been kind of setting some targets, and I think obviously last year was meant to be a really big year for me. I know that I spoke to you about this, but I was meant to do an ultra marathon in uh, Nepal and that ended up not going ahead, which was really sad. But this year it's, it's more about competitions. I'm really excited to get back to those. Um, so I'm going to try and, well, I, I did a half marathon recently, so I'm going to try and kind of really reduce on that time. And then, uh, yeah, just beginning to really put some competitions back in the diary, which is exciting. As uh, many of you probably know, there's been pretty much nothing to do. <laughs> no, no. Well, at least you're in the countryside and you got some nice runs, hey? Yeah, exactly. When it's not snowing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And um, second guest, uh, JP, uh, he is a fellow Man United supporter he recently popped the question in lockdown. So, JP, how was your, your first Christmas as an engaged man? Any, any different? <laughs> no, it, it, it was good, to be fair. Um, I mean, my, my lockdown pretty much consists at the moment of, of dog walking, eating, and as, as you said, wedding planning. Um, so it's a very tense household at the moment with everything going going on. But um, no, glad, glad to have made the cut and, and finally been invited onto the onto a podcast. Better late than never, I suppose. <laughs> I think we were sort of chasing your agent down for quite a while. You've been a hard man to pin down. <laughs> Apparently so. Great. So um, two great guests and obviously uh, a subject that probably applies to everyone at this time of year, uh, particularly as the new year is a time when people tend to try and get fit or, or eat healthy and, and finance definitely should come into that. So I guess coming over to you first, Mimi, what, why do you think now specifically is a good time for people to be focusing on their finances yeah so I think this is a really good question um obviously it's 
I I love setting goals for the new year. I think it's quite nice to kind of, you know, start things off with something a little bit positive, something that you're kind of excited to achieve. And I don't think that, you know, your finances shouldn't really be any different to that. There are so many things that you can plan for and do. And and it might just be the way that I'm built, but I really like kind of ticking things off a list or, or you know, reaching a certain goal. So there is there's no time like the present. I think that's something that we constantly say to say to clients, certainly that we see. Um, but yeah, it can be it can be a little bit daunting, I think, sometimes to to review your finances. But right now we've all got a little bit more time for life admin. So that's that's definitely something that, you know, can be picked up and looking at your finances, tracking down what you have, um, you know, I think that is it's a really really good time at the moment to be starting to think about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'd actually agree with you, Meg. I think the the biggest one there for me is the fact that we have more time. We can't really use that as an excuse anymore. Um, it is interesting because when I when I do come, you know, when I do speak to people um, who've never actually reviewed their finances, there, there is a part of me that you know I, I do get it mm-hmm. because as you've said, it, it can be fairly daunting exercise because you know maybe you haven't saved enough or, or you think you're too young to worry about it or, or, or even too old whatever it might be but ultimately I think that the longer I guess we delay reviewing our finances then the less clarity we'll have over what we need to do and um, so I think that's a really important one and then just another point is the fact that of course we're, we're approaching yet um, another end of tax year so there's obviously various governments releasing allowances that if not used you could miss out on a really good tax efficient investment opportunity yeah really good points I think we always talk about that that clarity point and the fact that if you you don't have clarity it's really difficult to to make clear decisions and, and really plan for your future but I think the more you put these off to your point JP the more that builds and and I don't know whether you guys, can ever use an example where you personally have have become anxious about money or or haven't had that clarity is that is that something either of you have experienced or seen within a when a client you deal with i think everybody's experienced that at some point in their life and for me i'm i'm very much geared towards if i if i know about it then i can tackle it but i know that some people aren't like that and you know it's kind of stick your head in the sand a little bit and you don't want to think about it but Every single time that ever happens, you always feel so much better for tackling it and knowing what's going on and having a plan. And as I say, it can be a really satisfying way to to start kind of looking at your finances is to have a goal. Goal setting is, is a huge kind of theme. I'm, I'm sure that we'll we'll speak about it a lot kind of going forward in our conversations today as well. But, you know, there are ways that you can you can do this that aren't really daunting or depressing that are actually much more geared towards achieving life goals and things that you really want to do and things that you want to achieve and you know holidays and things like that so I think trying to look at it in as positive a way as possible is really important I agree again I think you know for me personally it's you know setting those or creating that clarity and sort of those those goals just gives me a purpose as to why I'm doing what I'm doing and that could obviously be personal or um or professional but I think without them and I've definitely, I definitely found myself doing this last year when we initially went through lockdown. It became, you know, very mentally tough to, to work from home. You just, you just go through the motions without any real direction as to, as to where you're actually going. Um, and quite an interesting analogy is that, you know, you wouldn't just get into a car and, and, and just drive randomly without knowing where you're going, right? I mean, unless you had a row with the missus, maybe you might, but <laughs> that's a whole different point. Um, but the point is, you know, it's, um, it's, it's really important to just have that, um, that end goal. And I think that, 
goes on to a different point where, you know, mixing it up between long-term goals and, and short-term goals. I think that's really important to, to have a good mixture there. Yeah, re- re- I mean, great points. I think we'll, we'll come back to the row with your fiancé, JP. <laughs> you know, the one thing that I pick up when, when you're talking about that is that it has to be personal. It has to be things that you want to achieve. And, and I think as clients go through their lives, those, those things change. You know, when you first start working... You're just trying to have enough money to, to to survive and pay your rent. As time goes by, you might you might get engaged. You might want to pay for a wedding. You might want to buy a house. You might want to retire when you're 50. So I think writing those things down is is clearly really important. So I think that's a really good start. Um, Mimi, in terms of how people logistically put this stuff to action, what what's what's the best way to make sure it happens, and, and where do they start? Yeah, no, I think I think this is a really great question. Again, you know, for anybody who maybe hasn't had a look at this before or hasn't started kind of looking at their finances and making a plan, I would always say that the first thing to do is to assess what you currently have. It seems really obvious, but I think if you dive in looking at something that maybe, you know, you don't necessarily understand as much or you're like, you know, this is what I want to put towards this, but actually you haven't assessed what you currently have, then, you know, that, that might be the first mistake. So definitely look at look at your overview, look at what you spend, really important as well. What are you spending? What are you saving? What have you got left over at the end of the month? So what can you what can you save? And then I would, you know, look to kind of split that out. So what are your short term goals? Generally, we kind of describe those as being you know within five years um and and what are those is it, is it a holiday is it a, pop, a property purchase is it a wedding um or do you just want to have a cash buffer do you just want to have savings so just really kind of breaking it down bit by bit um it's a great exercise to do not just kind of financially as well i actually find it really um again you know, at the beginning of the year, it's a really nice time to take stock and look at those plans and look at those goals and think, where do I want to be? Um, and then, you know, after that, you can kind of have a look at the more long term things. So looking at pensions, looking at where you want to be in retirement, it can seem really, again, daunting to look at that and for it to be so long away for some people. But it's important to have an idea, really, of what you want um, kind of during that period of time, I think. Um so that's where I would start. And then after that, you know, once you know what you've got and what you can work with, well, then either if if you've got a slightly more complex situation, you might want to get some help. Or if if not, you might want to kind of start just doing a little bit of research and, and start with the basics. Mm-hmm. And I think the basics, I would say, is so important because no matter how simple it seems, that essentially sets the foundation for everything to come after that. Um, but all those all those points you mentioned there, maybe it was really interesting because these are the types of conversations that we have with clients on on, on a daily basis, right? Mm. So, you know, personally for me, I, I would say just seek professional help if you've never tackled this um, if, and, you, and you haven't even looked at a financial plan before, because you know, give it to someone that that deals with this day in day out. And what might seem complicated to to you is literally our our, our bread and butter. Um, it's quite interesting because I was earlier this year I was. Um, working on behalf of a friend of mine we're doing a bit of a pension consolidation and he's got them scattered all over the place um you know as as you do hopping from job to job and he didn't know any of the providers names so I did a bit of an exercise where I, I contacted all his employers and you know got the names and everything and we're going back and forth and he messaged me saying um you know really appreciate the help but if it if it seems too complicated or if it's too much hassle don't worry about it and the point I'm, I'm, I'm making is that you know don't be put off by starting your financial plan by something that seems complicated because this is literally what we do on a daily basis. So 
um yeah yeah. definitely definitely start um, I, putting putting something I, together I agree with that jp i think they're really great points and i remember i mean we caught up briefly yesterday um you know the, the first thing on that is that it's incredible how many pensions people have scattered around i think it, the fact that i have in my head is 19.4 billion in lost unclaimed pensions in the uk and those are yeah. sitting in pots you know waiting for people to go and find them it's why it's such an important exercise really to you know do that assess what you currently have seek help and one of the other points along alongside that is that I think a lot of people get very intimidated by financial advice and they think, oh, my situation is far too simple for this or, oh, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Well, uh, you know, one of the things, again, that we were discussing yesterday is the fact that certainly from our perspective and, and what a lot of the advisors kind of are, are doing at the moment is, is we'll review your situation. And, you know, if we can't help you, then we can't help you. We're not going to charge you for that. What what was really important to us is looking down the direction that you want to go in, seeing if we can actually add value to your situation. And if we can't, well, we'll point you in the direction of either some kind of products or things that will really help your situation as it, as it stands. And, and you can go on your way. And if we can really help you, well, the value that you're going to get from that is is well, invaluable in my, in my personal opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just that point of not being intimidated to ask for help. You know, it's, it's not going to be a horrible process. It's probably going to be a really nice process and a really interesting one. And you'll probably learn a lot from it. And financial education is, is really important. So get that from a professional. There's, there's, you know, there should be no fear or shame in that, I think. Yeah. And I think the more you speak about it, the more comfortable you become, right, on the topic. And then all of a sudden you get more confidence. Um, and I know each advisor and, and company are slightly different, but you know, for with us, for example, we don't actually charge clients to have that initial chat. And even if you're on the other spectrum, so you're you're really savvy and you're thinking, oh, I don't know what these guys are talking about. I know what I'm doing. Then usually, as as you briefly mentioned, maybe there's two outcomes from sitting down with an advisor. So you'll either get get it confirmed that what you're doing is correct, which is obviously great news, or we'll give you some pointers on how to improve your your position and, and get you even closer to, to your goal. So that's, yeah, that's why I would start. Yeah, good, cool, guys. Just just to let you know, the next podcast is on uh, whether people should seek financial advice. So, so uh, that was all really good stuff, but uh, don't want to steal too much fun, funder from the next. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think yeah, definitely some of that with you. So, so, um, so JP, um, some some really interesting points there around. I, I think the longer term and the shorter term goals. I'm I'm wondering whether you could just give me some an example of a shorter term goal and an example of a longer term goal. And I think it's very difficult for people to often address the longer term goals. Maybe easier to address the shorter term goals. I don't know whether that's something you've got experience of seeing. Definitely, definitely. So it's it's actually really interesting with longer term goals because it's all to do with i think almost like behavior modification so because it's such a long term time away if you just had longer term goals it's going to take ages to achieve that right and all of a sudden you might lose um run out of steam and and, and stop you know building towards that longer term goal if it's like hypothetically um retire at age 50 so I mentioned earlier, it's really important to have a mixture between them. So, so if you're like me, I like to look for the the short term wins, as well as have the longer term goal. Because I think as, as as soon as you start ticking off goals after goals after goals, you you're on a bit of a winning streak, right? And then you get momentum, and then you keep going, and before you know it, you would have achieved your your longer term goal. So, short term goals, example in my situation again, 
like 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 we said earlier, I'm, I'm planning a wedding next year. So um, for me, it's trying to put as much away as possible to 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 plan for that. And then a, a longer term goal might be retirement, as I said, or or even school fee planning. Um, so they're probably yeah. They're probably examples I'd, 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 I'd give. And, and also when we're talking about longer term goals, you know, and, and, and putting money away towards whether it be retirement planning or, or school fee, you know, we're not talking about necessarily just, just saving cash because as we're all aware at the moment, the, the cash in the bank is achieving pretty much next to nothing, right? And on top of that, you're, you've got an increased inflation of circa 2.5%. Now, that means if everything around you is getting more expensive by 2.5%, then and your cash is pretty much staying flat, then over the longer term, the value is decreasing, decreasing right, in terms of the, the cash you have. So that forces us to look at different ways to get our money working harder for us. But yeah. Great. And in terms of, um, in terms of from your side, Mimi, when it comes to setting your own goals, do you, do you find it easier on, on the shorter term goals? And, and how do you look at the longer term goals, I guess? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, JP made a great point that a lot of it's just behavioural, I suppose. So from my perspective, I I like to have direct debits, um, you know, kind of going into my ISAs and pensions each month. And that's a super affordable amount. So I don't really over-egg it. I just kind of do something that I know I'll be able to afford for the long term. Then I don't have to worry about it. And that's a really important kind of starter for me. Um and then kind of, you know, planning for goals after that. Well, I see what I have left over at the end of the month. And then I generally kind of distribute that between savings pots. So, you know, shorter term stuff, I'll I'll, whack, I'll top up my emergency fund if I've kind of dipped into that or or put a little top up into my ISA. It really depends on kind of what I feel needs more attention. I think, you know, that works for some people, but some people need to have um, equally, you know, a much a much stricter kind of way of doing that. Um, I think if you struggle with budgeting, something really good to to look at, and lots of people are using this at the moment, is is a sort of app to help you. Um, I know a really good one is Mint, and that's literally for kind of budgeting. So that's a that's a pure budgeting app that will help you do that. Again, some banking apps will also let you track spending as well. Um, I know that I have that with the banking app that I have, and you know there's also the facility to do that on Monzo, which I know is a really popular platform too. Um, or as JP said, when we were, we were chatting about this, some people just love a spreadsheet and that's an equally mm. fantastic way to go. <laughs> so, you know, I think you've got to find something that works for you and also a way of saving that works for you. Just, just because, you know, after one month, um, you know, you, you dip into your savings and you kind of go a little bit overboard or, or equally, if you have a lot more left over at the end of the month than you plan for, you can still adjust things. I, th- I think the, the key really to know that with this is nothing is written in stone. Just adjust it accordingly to how, how you're getting on at different parts of the year. Um, and, you know, I think being too strict with yourself or having too high or low expectations, you know, just just keep it as a little bit of a moving feat, but have a great you know a goal in mind. Um, of what you want to save by the end of the year. Yeah, and I think the other one is just logistically speaking, how you how you stay on top of it. And um, obviously, at this time of year, it's it's there's time on our hands, as we've mentioned, and you can sit down and think about these things. But throughout the year, I, I guess there is a need to check in on on your plan and how it's going. So, how often do you tend to speak to your clients, JP, and and what would be your advice for someone if they you know, maybe we're doing it themselves at this stage. So what we do, we, we, we get all of our clients, right, as, as Mimi said, to, to fill out that expenditure spreadsheet. I think that is the best place to start. Um, and then, of course, 
we continually monitor that on an, on an ongoing basis to see, right, what have you done since we last spoke? Are you on track? If you're not on track, why aren't you on track? And then what more we need to do to get you to those goals? Um, so you could do loads of sort of cash flow modeling, which visually explains this. And it's all about just nurturing the client and, and almost guiding them to their overall um, goal, I guess. But it's quite funny because, you know, my fiance and I, we we did the whole expenditure spreadsheet and, um, you know, I was asking various questions like, have you thought about um, eating out and traveling and have you jotted this down? So we can essentially work out our, our disposable on a monthly basis, right? So we can think about how, how we can save it. And honestly, by the end of it, I, I nearly caused a domestic because the amount of questions I was asking, and I had my financial hat on, right? My, my financial advisor hat on. I was going really super detailed and she's getting really annoyed at me. And the biggest takeaway from it was, um, you know, by doing the exercise, it highlighted the amount of money we spend on our dog it is honestly, God, ridiculous. Like she, she's got five different coats over the last year. The dog officially has more coats than I do. It is unbelievable. So, you know, but the point is doing doing that exercise sets you up to plan going ahead in terms of what you have available to to invest. Um, and then in terms of ongoing conversation, like I said, um, it's just constantly re- reviewing this, even on, on a six-monthly basis, really, just to see – um, where where you are, I think reflecting is is really really important. Um, and I'm I'm definitely guilty of going through the week. You work forty plus hours, you switch off for the weekend, and and, and then you're back in on Monday. Mm. But did we actually sit down and reflect? Right, what did I want to achieve this week or this month? Have I achieved it? And what could I do better? I think reflection is so important when it comes to someone's financial plan. And I'm wondering, uh, you know, again, it's it's really interesting to hear about you doing that with your fiance JP. And it sounds as though she's she's just not got a very good financial advisor, from what I'm hearing. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Mimi, I mean, coming back to you in in terms of um, other people and how they might start the conversation. So money's obviously not very talked about. I wonder whether. People need to be talking to their friends and their, their family about these things as well. Is that is that something you see? Oh, 100%. I was actually going to bring this up as well, because I think it's something that's really important, um, mainly because actually it's fascinating going into this industry. And again, you know, I've, I've had hilarious conversations with fellow financial advisors who have said, you know, you, you begin to get really boring at dinner parties because everybody always asks you. <laughs> the, the key question that I always get from, you know, someone will say it and they'll be like, okay, well, what should I be doing? And yeah. for starters, you know, giving that question at a dinner party is is never going to be 100% um, the most interesting subject that you could cover. But I do think it's really interesting that people, I, I feel like people really genuinely want to start talking about money a lot more. Um, mm. And it might just be because they know that I, you know, that this is what I do for a living and that, you know, I might have more of an inclination of what they should be doing. But the fact that they are coming to me and asking me in a social setting, I think is fascinating. And, you know, what I usually say to them is, well, you know, if you're really concerned, then you can book a meeting in or, you know, if 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 there is there are questions that you have, just let me know and, you know, and send them over and, and I can cover that for you. But the key thing that they're always asking is what should I be doing? 
And Mm. the key thing that I always say back to them is, well, it really depends on your situation. There is no, you know, there isn't a book that can tell you individually as, you know, as everyone, what everyone should be doing. What really we're trying to look at is your individual personal situation, your individual and personal goals, and then tailoring how much, you know, what you're spending, what you're saving, and, and really kind of gearing that towards your own financial plan. And I think that, you know, this industry that we're in at the moment is is changing hugely. And we're trying to get conversations with people who probably wouldn't usually talk about finance. And we're trying to get more people educated on on finance because it's remarkable how um, not like how little people know, but I think just how people don't even look at it, don't educate themselves on it necessarily until they, you know, have a situation where they absolutely have to. Whereas what we really want people to be doing is having open conversations with their friends and having open conversations and finding someone who can talk about that more professionally and really just kind of opening up that dialogue. Mm. That's so, it's so interesting because I'm really glad you said that about talking to to friends and people you know, and, and the listeners are probably also learning that you shouldn't sit next to any of us at a dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I really undersold us all there. <laughs> um, so I, I think the, the one interesting point that I keep coming back to when I talk to anyone about this is there's obviously a lack of education and we don't talk about money necessarily with our families from a young age. And I think it's great that Mimi, you're saying that you you know you you do talk to your friends about these things and you do have that conversation and and obviously we're maybe all in a little bit of a bubble because we're in the industry but I guess we haven't always been in the industry so so JP do you did did you when you were younger did you talk about money was it something that was a regular conversation in the household or is it only more recently literally never spoke about money um, it was almost I think two it's twofold it's almost you shouldn't speak about money because you don't want to come across as maybe boasting. Um, but also there's a vulnerability that you might not have enough in, in comparison to, to some of your friends. I know that was definitely the, the case for me, but also there's this whole competition, I think, especially, you know, when you finish university, for example, and, and you've got your first job and a competition around your mates about maybe who earns the most money. And all of a sudden that causes you not to talk about it. Um, I think it's a yeah. It, it definitely is an interesting one because it it does leave you vulnerable. But it's it's like what I said earlier, right? The more we do talk about it, the more comfortable we become on the subject and with ourselves. Because it's, there's no reason why we shouldn't talk about it. But the more we do, the more educated we become. And it's not 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 really taught at schools, right? So I think speak about it um, as as much as you can, um, and and just don't be afraid to to ask for help. Yeah, I, I totally I would second that completely, JP. It's fascinating, isn't it that. I grew up in a household as well where money really wasn't talked about very, very much just shoved under the rug. We didn't, you know, don't approach it because um, of all of the connotations that it also has. But equally, the other thing that's really important to me, and it's something that, you know, I hope in my working life to be to really be able to champion is financial education, because I I came out of school and I even came out of university, really. I studied English literature. Um, so, you know, very different to what I'm in now. But um, I, I came out at that point and and I still didn't really know anything about finance. And I was always interested in in sort of um, finance as a career, but I, I didn't educate myself until I really decided that that was what I wanted to do. And 
kind of taking that that point of naivety that I had and really and now I try and kind of look back on that quite a lot when I'm talking to clients because I totally get that some people you know and and myself included at that point just really actually don't have very much of an understanding of of what it is to kind of create a financial plan and and to to look at that more closely so it's it's so important this this um point of financial education for people I think yeah and I think there's so much been been publicized in in recent years around mental health and well-being and all of those sorts of things and and as with any any issue that you have in your life a, a problem a problem shared is a problem halved as, as they always say and and you can talk about it in any part of your life I think if you're if you're stressed out with work and you, you bottle it up and you don't talk to anyone it, it, it weighs down on you more and, and sometimes sharing those things can really help and and, and I'm sure it's exactly the same with anyone who who has money issues um talking to people is is really gonna go to help you out um one thing i did also want to want to just touch on um that th- there is a difference i think between saving and investing and i'm wondering whether mimi you could just try and um give our listeners a, a, a short snippet as to what the difference is between those two things Sure, sure. Um, yeah, so so if I sort of if we rewind a little bit back to what JP was speaking about with short term and sort of long term goals, I think the first the first thing to really um, sort of tackle on that is that everybody should have a, a sort of an emergency fund and, and planning for the short term. Now, usually that means sort of the next five years, as we said. So for that, what we generally recommend is that should be savings. So that's things like saving into cash deposits or savings accounts. Generally, obviously, there's there's lower returns on that because it is literally cash um, and it can be eroded by inflation. But that's because you really need it to be easier access and you kind of probably you're likely to be able to need to kind of withdraw or draw upon that at some point in the nearer future. So that would be what I would kind of class as savings. It's literally having your cash in the bank in a savings account. Um, it's much more secure. Your cash is generally protected. Um, and, and you know, you can access that when you want. Now, on the kind of flip side of that is is where you should be making investments. Now, that's a, that's a slightly different game. And generally, what we recommend is that that should be for your th- kind of um, investments that are over the longer term. So your pensions, um, sort of longer term ISAs that you might want to use as some kind of retirement saving or access sort of a little bit further in the future. And what those really are is that they are invested into sort of the financial markets. So what we do as an example, I'll, I'll use um, a stocks and shares ISA as an example, is that we would create a portfolio for you um, from sort of funds that we have on our panel um, of our fund managers. And we would put you into those funds so that they can kind of be invested into the stock market and grow over the long term. The key re- thing really to think about with that is that it's you really what you're trying to do is reduce the impact of inflation. So it's not just sitting in a bank. You're trying to make your money work as hard for you as possible over the duration of that investment. And what you can do over the longer term is ride out any risk in the market. So one thing that we get quite a lot with slightly more nervous investors is that, oh, it's really, really high risk or, you know, I'm putting my money at risk, which is true. You know, that's there's no denying that. However, if your funds are invested over the long term, um, you know, you, you can really risk um, sort of ride out that risk in the markets and look to create some gains that can actually significantly increase the value of your pot over the long term. 
what I would say there is if you are a little bit nervous, again, just seek some financial help. Ask, you know, you'll get all of the information that you need from somebody who is a professional in this area. And and then you can really make a, a calculated decision as to whether that's something that you want to do or whether it's invested properly. If you've if you've kind of already invested that money, whether it's going to work for you in the long term. Um, so that's that's what I would say on that. So I think there's a couple of things there that I picked up on. One is that you need to obviously establish between whether it's a shorter term goal or whether it's a longer term goal. If it is a longer term, that's where obviously you might be able to start to take some risk. If it's shorter term, you might want to keep that money in cash and you're not going to get as much of a good return as you might with some investments, but there's no risk of that devaluing over the short term. I think the the other area that we the Mimi touched on there was just around the tax structures that you could invest your money in. and I guess JP this is somewhere where people would potentially need to seek some advice because every, it's different for everyone but what are some examples and and how would you normally go about speaking to a client or a friend about that? Yeah so I think it, it completely depends, again, on your specific situation. Um, and I guess before even recommending any specific product, we need to identify why it is you, you want you want to save. Um, so going back to that short, medium, so long term. Um, and then depending on that, you'll then look into what investment vehicle you actually want to put your money into. So I and I saw pension, which is probably what, what everyone would be familiar with. Um, you know, there, there are various tax efficient um, allowances and, and structures out there. So it is very important to, to speak to a professional. And I guess what the overall aim for a lot of our clients is, you know, where they might be, you know, 20, 40 or 45% taxpayer, you know, let's say their aim is to, it's, it's, it's all about retirement planning. So our, our job really is to structure all these tax efficient vehicles as, as tax efficient as possible. So that in retirement, when they come to draw, these funds and and supplement their income, they should be paying below ten percent tax, if not next to nothing. Um, and it's just structuring these as 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 best as as possible. Um, you know, once you have identified the specific tax efficient vehicles, you obviously get into the realms of talking about specific asset classes like equity, fixed interest, property, cash. You know, all, all of those have got various different purposes. Um, but these are the types of conversations we we have with clients on a on a day to day basis. Um, so definitely important to to speak to an advisor and just figure out why you're doing or why you're trying to do what you're doing. I think there's been that that's been really really insightful, guys. I think there's been so much information in there, and I'm going to try and and do my best to, to sum it up in a couple of key points. Um, so I think I think number one is just trying to put some time in the diary over the next couple of weeks. Sit down try and uh, carve yourself out an hour and a half on the weekend when you can grab a coffee and, and really just look at your your finances, look at how much is coming in, look at how much is going out, um, use some of that budget, budgeting software that, that Mimi mentioned um, and see if there are any efficiencies there. The second one is to really work out what's important to you. So are you trying to buy a house? Are you trying to retire at age 45? Are you trying to start a new business in, in two years time? Whatever it is, make sure it motivates you. And then that can be a much more empowering reason for you to continue to put that money away and, and sit down and review your finances. Um, and finally, I think the last one that, that JP and Mimi touched on quite a bit in there is just talk a little bit more. So to talk to your friends, talk to your family. We've all got a bit more time on our, our hands at the moment. So so grab a mate and and you know catch up for a Zoom call and, and maybe just talk about some of some of the things that you wouldn't normally talk about with that friend. Um, what I found is that 
actually that can start a conversation that means that you do that more frequently and, and you end up learning quite a lot and, and sharing some of the, I guess, concerns that anyone would have when it comes to money. So guys, thanks so much for your, your insights there. I think that was really helpful. Um, before we sign off, obviously, we've got a few more weeks in, in lockdown by the looks of it. Um, Mimi, what, what are you going to be up to, to to get yourself through that over the next few weeks? Well, aside from going slowly mad, Ben, um, probably starting to um, sort of train for, for the half marathons that I've got going on. I mean, the only thing I can really do is work and run here. So I'm trying to use that time as efficiently as possible. Um, but also, you know, the, the usual, usual suspects of baking lots of banana bread and uh, and uh, waiting to move back to London when things can open up again. <laughs> Very good. JP? I think for me, it's just it's just giving myself some time back. You know, I spoke about you know, going through the week and just working ridiculous amount of hours. I, I think it's important to, to take some time out and, and, and focus on yourself, whether it is, you know, exercising, running. I think for me, I'm, I'm personally trying to read a book a month this year. So that's my my new year's resolution so we'll we'll see how that how that goes but yeah just just doing that and and, and setting myself a routine i think it's, it's really important to separate the, the work and life balance you know the bbc sports page doesn't count <laughs> <laughs> did you have anything to add maybe oh no i was just gonna ask jp what book he was actually going to be reading for this month oh so at the moment i'm doing the compound effect um so this essentially as it says compound effect um but it, it talks about your daily um, habits and what you're doing each day, which would essentially compound into your end result. Because um, I've, I've definitely been through, and I'm sure everyone's experienced this, right? You'll, you'll reach a certain point and you'll be really proud of what you've achieved. And you'll be like, oh, I worked really hard there. Whereas no, you haven't necessarily worked hard on that day. It's everything that you've put up in the um, in the lead up to that particular achievement. Equally, it, it, it can go the other way. So if you're not doing the right things on a daily basis, and, and once again, this can be related to financial planning, if you're not doing things on a, on a daily basis correctly, then that's obviously going to have a negative effect. Um, so that's that's the book for this month. Go read it. <laughs> Love that you managed to get that back into financial planning, JP. Very well done. <laughs> <laughs> Bread and butter, like I said. <laughs> well, there you go. We even give you reading lists on this podcast. So uh, thanks, guys. Um, JP, Mimi, that was really, really helpful. And thanks for everyone listening. Stay tuned for some more great podcasts in the coming weeks. Stay safe. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Been a pleasure. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, everyone. Bye.